Hi, my name is Paul Matthew, and you are listening to the digital marketing podcast, Fluid. And today we're talking, with this podcast, we talk with local business owners about how they use and leverage online tools to promote and grow their businesses. And today we have Harley and Roy. They're the duet behind Bigfoot Marketing, LLC. These two have formed a strategic alliance of combining Harley's exceptional cinematography with Roy's marketing insight. So tell me, guys, how this started. What, what brought this about? Yeah. You want to start? Uh, magic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was working at AT&T at the time, and we got to talking. Um, as I have plenty of time to talk during an interaction at AT&T, you know, just selling phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he mentioned that he had a business and or that he was editing on his laptop a video for his business. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I do editing. Uh, what program do you use? And then we got talking about the software we use and uh, how he's always wanted, had this dream of starting a marketing company with integration of video. I do video. So that's like the perfect, uh, perfect thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is funny how we met. Um, However, it's not a surprise. You know, I don't know how many times things have just intersected in my life where a concept comes up and not enough tools to make it into reality. And the next thing you know, you're bumping into somebody um, who has the right tools. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know. It was ironic that I was simply changing out my phone, but uh, in reality, met a guy who, you know, could take us to the next level. My background is in video education, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I have a company called Pro Trainings uh, that is an international company. It trains, uh, believe it or not, CPR first aid rescue mm-hmm. through e-learning, and uh, that started back in 2002. Um, my Video casting, podcasting, though, from a social aspect, um, started with iRescue Radio, which was a rescue-oriented podcast mm-hmm. where a couple of my colleagues and I would talk about tips and tricks on what to do if you had an emergency at home or on the on the road. Um, what would you do if a tornado was coming and you had no shelter? You know, just things mm-hmm. that don't fit into a primary curriculum for CPR first aid certification. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years later in 2008, I started Roy on Rescue. Uh, and um, it was really kind of a one man show. It never really had a production group. So mm-hmm. it gave me tons of time to figure out the ups, downs, ins and outs, the goods and the bads of Mm -hmm. self-directed mono videography, Mm -hmm. um, a face talking. um, And so what what really became clear to me, though, a million views later and, you know, a few thousand followers later, Mm -hmm. um, was that there's a lot to be had today Mm -hmm. when a person can tell their story, whether it's audibly or through video, um, that I don't think businesses are taking advantage of. And then if you can mix that with cinematography mm-hmm. like artwork mm-hmm. um you can create something that is extremely interesting to people that mm-hmm. need to hear more about certain topics yeah it's really and it's it's an art and a science when mm-hmm. it comes to video marketing yeah. um and balancing between those two can be tricky so it's great that you two have like both sides of that coin to work with mm-hmm. now you have uh spoken you're very heavy on producing tons of content i'm curious do you guys listen to gary v 
Well, I mean, who you know, <laughs> in marketing, who doesn't you know, listen to, to Vaynerchuk? I mean, yeah. it's it's um, he's he has. What's weird about Gary is mm-hmm. that Gary started his wine library mm-hmm. about the same time Roy and Rescue came in. He was a couple mm-hmm. of years earlier than that. Now, what's even more strange is that Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook was maybe what a year old, yeah, if that. So. When you think about Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. starting his marketing, his media, he didn't start that way. He mm-hmm. started trying to get his dad's wine shop off the ground yeah. and honed his skills. So Gary, though he and I have never met directly, mm-hmm. um, it's been really interesting to watch him because he'll self-admit he's learned his marketing and media mm-hmm. by doing it. Mm-hmm. By growing his dad's business. Yeah, and I think that's what makes him such a, a good person to listen to is the fact that, I mean, there's a lot of motivational speakers and gurus out mm-hmm. there, but he's one of the few that is really, he's still doing it. He's still mm-hmm. making things happen. And he's running a business and he's talking about mm-hmm. it. He didn't switch over and be like, well, I did a thing that was successful 10 years ago and now I'm just going to coast off of right. talking mm-hmm. about it. Right, <laughs> so, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of people that do that. They They do something really impressive and then they just coast off, you know, teaching about that yeah. until it becomes outdated and yeah. and then that information's not even really even relevant anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I think what Gary V is, is um, doing right is that he's constantly present. Mm-hmm. So so he's kind of putting into practice something that Harley and I talked about which there's two different you know uh, Purple Cow by Seth Godin um, mm-hmm. uh, the breakdown on on story brand like all of those things seem to be trending topics because somebody writes a book on it mm-hmm. and then everybody reads about it. It becomes a New York Times bestseller for business mm-hmm. self-help books. But in reality, if you, you did a quick history check, people have been telling stories for thousands of years. Yeah, Like, like that's where Bigfoot marketing actually came from because mm-hmm. Bigfoot has always been an intriguing Americana legend, right? Okay. But has anybody, I mean, really has, I mean, there's people that say they've seen them, <laughs> yeah. but has anybody found... The nest, the mm-hmm. bones, mm-hmm. right? Bigfoot, his mate or her mate, and their offspring. Mm-hmm. Like last time I checked, mammals have to reproduce. So you would yeah. think that, you know, you'd see <laughs> more, right? And yet everybody loves Bigfoot stories. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of curiosity. And a great story. Yeah. So every legend really has a great story. Mm-hmm. So what we say is, yeah, content is really important, but it, it, it needs to, um, it still needs to have the essence of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to try to help people understand is you can put out a ton of content, but if, if you're doing thousands of pieces of content a month and mm-hmm. they're all trash, mm-hmm. you get thousands of pieces of trash. Yeah. Are you putting out thousands of, are you saturating with your brand mm-hmm. in a helpful, um, purposeful way? And that's the key. Mm-hmm. And so what we try to tell people is you can put out a ton of effort. You can be really busy. But if that mm-hmm. busy uh, doesn't equate to a lift in your income or whatever your goals are, it doesn't have to be income, yeah. but whatever those goals are, then it's probably kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing that work and it's actually seeing lift, mm-hmm. do more of it. And how would you start to define, like, if a business owner was trying to put out content, um, how would they e- evaluate whether they are putting out trash or putting out good content? What are some of the um, 
the ways they can measure that or reevaluate what they're doing. Yeah, it's views, right? Uh, views, there's insight tools that yep. you can look at on Facebook mm -hmm. to see what demographics are watching your content. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the best way is having um, access to that, looking at that, reviewing, adjusting your content accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would take it even a step further than mm -hmm. that, interactions. Yep. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, um, it, and I've said this for years, I mean, I've been in business since the 90s. Um, and I haven't really harnessed digital media until uh, 2002 and beyond. Mm -hmm. But visualizations only mean like a small percentage to me. Because mm -hmm. I can buy an ad and Facebook can tell me that it's been seen mm -hmm. 800 times yeah. in the last day. Mm -hmm. And my dopamine release is really low. Yeah. Right? They'd be like saying, well, your billboard is up and there's 100,000 cars that go past it in a 24-hour period. But how many sales but, did you get? Yeah, nobody, yeah. but nobody yeah. called. Yeah. Right? <laughs> nobody reached out and emailed me and asked for help or yeah. nobody interacted with that. And so it's actually very quite non-exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Now, some people do get a lift, a dopamine lift on mm -hmm. views or mm -hmm. on clicks. But when you've paid millions of dollars to a place like Google and Yahoo and Bing, and and for window shoppers, mm -hmm. window shoppers are fun to talk to, but they, if they don't buy from you, you still go broke. Yeah, they're, it's vanity metrics. It's vanity metrics. Yeah. And so I guess if I was a narcissist and just wanted to think, this is how many people are looking at me every day, mm -hmm. but not interacting, mm -hmm. okay, but yeah. is it actually accomplishing the goal? Exactly. So my, my advice to people that are wondering if their efforts are doing anything is not even necessarily on how many people are actually clicking or how mm -hmm. many people. It depends on what their goals are. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's more about, are they getting an interaction? Mm -hmm. Is that interaction actually converting to whatever their goal is? If they're not trying to sell anything, they're just mm -hmm. trying to get more word of mouth, then they should be asking, did you like that enough to share it with somebody? And that's why yeah. we always have, hey, if you liked it, subscribe or share, right? Because mm -hmm. we want to know that they're they're enjoying it, they're liking it, they're engaging with it. So um, if I think if a customer is producing stuff and let's say it's getting views but no feedback, mm -hmm. even negative feedback, then we would have to question this, the strategy on is that content is that content pertinent, or do mm -hmm. we need to change it a bit? But how many mm -hmm. views would you say you need to really measure that? Because if you get maybe fifty people view it mm -hmm. and nobody likes it, but if you know two hundred people view it and then a couple of people like it, how many views would you recommend you have before you start to evaluate? Okay, there's no engagement here. Yeah, well. It, so that's a that's a very good question, but it's also a, that's also a <laughs> complex question. Yeah. For instance, if I was a builder of high end luxury homes mm -hmm. and I knew that that market really only produced two or three homes a year, or maybe every couple of years, mm -hmm. then I would probably know that my my target pool is also probably very strategic and very surgical. Mm -hmm. So to that individual, then the quantity of views when they're talking about a particular, mm -hmm. you know super like specialized subject matter mm -hmm. is going to be different than if somebody say a car salesman mm -hmm. is looking at look I've got hundreds of thousands of prospective clients in mm -hmm. West Michigan that could want what I'm selling mm -hmm. um, so it kind of depends so if someone were to ask me that question I would say well that's a good question but it kind of depends mm -hmm. who are you what is it that you're trying to accomplish and who's your target market um, 
Then you go to the next statistic, though, that we mm-hmm. all kind of know when it comes to SEM and SEO, and that mm-hmm. is, well, if I'm going to start judging percentages, mm-hmm. um, like with the art of sales, a person also still has to kind of find out their formula. Mm-hmm. When I talk to X number of people and I actually get to tell them my story, what then percentage actually mm-hmm. says, hey, I'm interested in that, mm-hmm. right? And now you get your formula. Yeah. For every 10 I tell my story to or, or you know, pitch to, mm-hmm. um, one will respond, right? Mm-hmm. So that means if I want to talk to 10, I've got to do 100. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also very similar in video or digital marketing as well. Exactly. When you find out who your target market is and then you start to learn their behaviors, because mm-hmm. many of them might be voyeuristic. Hey, I'm just a subscriber. I'm just a consumer. Like I rarely ever actually contact you or give you a piece of my mind mm-hmm. but man i'm like when's your next piece coming out because mm-hmm. i'm a consumer like i want to know more and more and more and more and more and if they have a friend bingo in, in the market for so you want to get so you know, word of mouth yeah so you want to get like people following you um even if they're not converting because mm-hmm. they might know somebody that could convert well and the beauty of following is a we know now mm-hmm. that they're engaging Right. They're mm-hmm. addicted enough to this content. I actually followed you. Because mm-hmm. like on, on a podcast that I put out before, a, a vlog in this case, um, one video shot poorly is mm-hmm. now at a million views. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have like 4,000 subscribers. Yeah, and that's the thing with like production value. Like you get production value, it looks nicer, but that's really not important. Um, you could just have a cell phone type video, as long as the audio is reasonably good, Correct. then you're going to, you could do well if you have the story as you talked about earlier. Yeah. That's, that's the element that we, that you need, not high production. Well, and you bring up a really good point. So many of our prospective clients are probably not getting started because they're afraid that they mm-hmm. don't have the money to invest in the equipment. They don't have the wherewithal to produce the content. And mm-hmm. then they're sitting on like 40 years of expertise mm-hmm. that's just like trapped inside of them that they mm-hmm. can't get out, right? Yeah. And we can talk about coaching and mm-hmm. having somebody help you unlock Pandora's box of your expertise mm-hmm. in a minute. But um, when it comes to that, one of the mantras that Harley and I have is, um, you probably should always lead with your best foot on intro. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm Roy. Like, if I came to you and mm-hmm. um, was like in, I don't know, ripped up board shorts and what have you, and um, didn't have anything to kind of set the pace of my level of professionalism or our my success rate, mm-hmm. um, you could form a brand stain, right? That mm-hmm. kind of leaves you going, not so sure. And then he yeah. puts out content that's kind of half-cocked. Boy, that audio is good, though. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do that with a $50 microphone from yeah. Rode, right? So, yeah. I mean, so there. yes, that is true. But, but I kind of bat that back a little bit that most movie stars get away with looking really poor mm-hmm. um, when they're spotted in the public mm-hmm. because people all know how awesome they perform on the big screen. Yeah. So they've got all kinds of brand equity that they can spare, right? So if you see them out of costume, not looking good, unshaved, maybe a little overweight, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, 
boy, they've been better. Mm-hmm. But, they clean up nice. Yeah, but boy, did they clean up nice. And I loved your movie when you were X, yeah. Y, or Z, right? But what about the people that aren't movie stars, just like the everyday vloggers and whatnot? I mean, there was, I watched a, a seven-minute video of someone just ranting while they folded their laundry. I was like, why am I watching this? But they just, they were engaging with whatever they were talking about. The question is, did you come back to them time and time again? Um, a little bit. It's like a musician, so I watched some of the music videos yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But then it was just like this random vlog. I'm like, what? Holding yeah. laundry? Okay. But they got hooked <laughs> with the music that they create, so they yeah. have that skill. So they do have that that right. legacy with the mm-hmm. the content where they clean up nice, right? Yeah. Right. So I know I agree with you. I Harley and I just had this conversation. We we met with a, a client, and they were like, Yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a little bit older. I I'm not sure if I'm going to put out the right stuff. Mm-hmm. And we said, You know, that you're going to fall prey to number one problem that 99% people percent of the people have. You never get started. Mm-hmm. And it would be better to start bad and mm-hmm. just get started than mm-hmm. to not start at all, mm-hmm. right? So just flip your camera around, no mic included, mm-hmm. maybe even pad li- bad lighting. But whatever topic you talk about, think about a topic that you know that your prospective clients have either asked in the past mm-hmm. or ask you on a regular basis that you mm-hmm. can share with them that they might not otherwise know. Mm-hmm. And this happened to be a realtor at the time. And so they could talk about mold problems. They could be talking about curb appeal if they're trying mm-hmm. to sell their house or what to look for in a house or not look for in a house when you're starting the, the buying process. So it, it was interesting because they had so much like information to share that I think they could have pulled it off by by tapping into their deep, rich pool of expertise. Mm-hmm. And that would have covered over the multitude of sins that their bad production would have had. Mm-hmm. But a starting out vlogger who wants to be branded as a vlogger per se, right? Mm-hmm. Or a personality or a brand. Yeah. We, I still kind of um, ascribe to the fact that a good like spotlight video mm-hmm. or a really good like trailer teaser, if mm-hmm. you're a, uh, an audio podcaster, mm-hmm. that'll take you a long ways when establishing your brand mm-hmm. so that on the chance that you're running and gunning and you just flip something around and do a quickie, mm-hmm. you're not you're not losing that brand trust that you're trying to build with them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I really like that perspective that you brought to it, having something of high Mm -hmm. production value and then saving those expenses on the the day-to-day content. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people fear like, oh, well, it's going to be be expensive and time-consuming to constantly produce high-level content Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. But if you've got a few assets to leverage and then Mm – you continually make that day-to-day content where you talk about the mold and such stuff. Now, I want to ask you your opinion on organic versus paid reach. So when you're producing this level of content, would you go with paid or organic? It's it's all about organic. Uh, You need organic growth. But you get that sometimes through paying. So you pay, mm-hmm. you get a couple people, and then the word spreads organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to plant that seed, I feel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a mix of both. Yeah, you know, paid advertising is um, you're buying attention. Mm-hmm. The benefits of that, in my experience, is that you can turn the faucet on when you want it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's enough analytics out there that you can actually find your target market put together some kind of ad piece um, or an offering or 
clickbait, not to use a mm-hmm. bad term, but I mean, it could be that just to get mm-hmm. them to come to your landing page, design a really motivating landing page that tries to get them to convert mm-hmm. and then stick your advertisement in front of them and get their attention. Mm-hmm. So money buys attention. Mm-hmm. Um, organic, I agree with Harley, organic is king. I mm-hmm. mean, because you don't pay for that. I mean, you do, you mm-hmm. invest in it, but you don't have to continue to pay. So when you're looking at that net margin, the net net margin of your advertising and marketing bill compared to your gross sales and net sales, mm-hmm. um, I hear stories of people that say, I've never paid a dime for PPC ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I start drooling. But what about like, say, going back to the mold example. So yeah. a realtor talks about mold, but they don't have an audience. Maybe like if you're talking about something very, very specific and your general audience may not be interested in that information and you may not get really any engagement or views. What if you took that same content and then targeted and paid it to reach that very small demographic that would want to know that information? So in that regard... I feel like paying is still kind of broad. I know you can uh, adjust the settings to make sure that it's this demographic and this demographic. But if you attach yourself to a community, like on Facebook, there's different Mm -hmm. groups that are interested and everybody gets together because they want to. You post Mm -hmm. a piece of content there. Everybody who likes that content already is there. Mm -hmm. So how many photography or video groups you are part of? I'm part of a few. few. I don't remember the exact number, but But when you you like you see get updates when people post to those and you read them real quick, you know, throughout your Mm -hmm. day. At least that's how I do it. Yeah, Um, like one of those I'm part of a bride group and stuff. So when brides post need a videographer, I'm just like I'm here. <laughs> and you, get, uh, you know, you look at the comments. It's like 105 comments. Yeah, I'm so, standing out from that. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And those are people who see that content. Other videographers, because that's the niche. Is mm-hmm. they're there for the brides. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're into mold, uh, well, you're not into mold. <laughs> into mold. But, Some people are into uh, mold. Sadly, if you're into um, home improvement and home renovation, and you're on one of those pages. Um, that is where I would post mm-hmm. for sure. Post that content there, and you have all these people who like that. What you have to produce, and they're following you now on other social media platforms. So instead of paying for that reach, you would recommend finding groups on Facebook. That, that has worked for me. Yeah. Absolutely, I yeah. think that's an excellent suggestion. Yeah, and yeah, keep sure. in mind that Harley and I we make up left and right hemisphere of mm-hmm. the Bigfoot brain. So mm-hmm. I've come to rely on his more organic. Um, social reach. Mm-hmm. My experience over the last 14 years with pro trainings and being in business is um, maybe maybe some people will be able to relate a little bit more and they've got an SEM um, PPC group within their organization and, mm-hmm. and they've got a budget for it. Um, if you if you want to turn that spigot on, there's no better way to turn the spigot on like right now than buy mm-hmm. that attention. Mm-hmm. But but it is going to take more discipline to figure out what is my budget, mm-hmm. how many actual window shopping clicks can I get that do or don't convert mm-hmm. before I'm in the red, mm-hmm. and start to manage that analytical curve. Because mm-hmm. as you were mentioning earlier, there's a, there's going to be a curve on that to find mm-hmm. out out of how many views that I do I that I actually watch it, read mm-hmm. it, or spend more than five seconds on it actually click to the next landing page and then out of those clicks how many actually will convert and i get real money for that so i just want to ask a question quick this is a problem i face when running ads on facebook Mm -hmm. it's 
very quick diminishing returns. So maybe because I have a very small market, like brides in West Michigan, but it would you start off and it's like everyone's engaging and then by like the second day, I think everybody's seen it and no mm. one's even mm. giving it the light of day. What's your opinion on that? What do you see going on there? Well, the, I, first of all, there's lots of different paid advertising. So to just take one channel like Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram or um, any other types of, of Twitter, um, you know, that's a different audience. Like in my opinion, mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to advertise, and we do, we do do some paid advertising even for Bigfoot. I'm actually just boosting. It's funny how they named it Boost mm-hmm. because that's kind of really what it is. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like I'm going to lay your cover page a little higher on the coffee table. Mm-hmm. And then passive people are going to flow by mm-hmm. and they'll see it more often than they would have had it gotten buried in the stream. Yeah. So all they're doing is saying, hey, if you want to spend X amount of dollars, we'll lift your cover page and keep it on the top of the pile longer mm-hmm. than it would have been normally. So mm-hmm. that's very, very interesting. But the same principles have to apply. Mm-hmm. Is there something in that advertisement that has a very well-marketed strategy mm-hmm. that that creates interest as soon as they see it, not snow blindness, mm-hmm. and then draws them to ask the question, I should probably click on that ad, or I should probably have a call to you know, actually pull the trigger on that call to action and get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. But now if other people like yourself are just saying, hey, but I just want my my name to be more mm-hmm. memorable, that's mm-hmm. um, more passive marketing. Not wrong, well, my, but different. The one I'm running is more of a direct like sales. Like I'm offering a, a special discount. Like if you book your wedding before the end of the month, mm-hmm. and so that one, you know, it gets um, it gets engagement, and then really I get a lot of leads like that first day, and mm-hmm. then after that, it tapers off. So I've got two things on that. Number one is is that your my first question would be is that the only place that you're doing targeted at paid for advertising with uh, right now I just use Facebook for so, my uh, paid advertising okay so that doesn't surprise me then the mm-hmm. results of that do not surprise me just from what I've learned about the market of Facebook mm-hmm. and Facebook meaning if you look at the demographic of Facebook I just heard from a millennial just the other day again mm-hmm. that said yeah most of us aren't really Facebook that much we just mm-hmm. do status updates yeah. and kind of catch the news but you know we're doing more Instagram now or mm-hmm. we're doing more you know that some of the other ones TikTok and mm-hmm. different things um, so the the technology seasons are changing faster and so mm-hmm. now you're looking at probably 40s and up that are spending more time and they're probably mm. not getting married necessarily. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not getting a hold of bride's parents necessarily mm-hmm. or uh, maybe people that are getting remarried or things like that, but it still is a very niche kind of a market if mm-hmm. that's your only place you're kind of doubling down. Okay. So in my opinion, if we take your anecdote as the model, I would say, well, what are you doing with Google? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, are you looking at some key search terms there I've and spending been some money? Wanting to get into YouTube advertisements mm-hmm. because I have, I'm still researching it. But from what I understand, you can look at their search query on um, on Google mm-hmm. and then run a relevant 
uh, video ad, no matter what else they're watching. Mm -hmm. So if, say, a bride looks up wedding videography mm -hmm. and then they go and watch uh, The Bachelor on YouTube <laughs> and then before <laughs> they watch that, my wedding video shows up. Mm -hmm. um, have you had experience with YouTube advertising? Yeah, and I wouldn't discount that. But again, passive awareness branding. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I went to that YouTube video because I wanted to watch that YouTube video. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of us, that ad pops up and you're like, five, four, <laughs> three, right? Until yeah. you can skip ad, yeah. right? Because I nope. didn't go to look at your ad. I mm -hmm. went to look at that mm -hmm. and you popped up. And mm -hmm. I know that that's the way it works. And mm -hmm. so I just kind of like zone out for five seconds, skip it, move on to the next. It's mm -hmm. a very, very rare commercial that actually draws enough of my attention that I'm like, hmm, didn't come for the commercial, but I think I'll wait and watch till the end, <laughs> yeah. right? It's very, very rare. Yeah. Um, so, so again, not bad for brand awareness. And what I would do is I would build an ad around a five-second snippet. Mm -hmm. Like, what can you do to brainstain in five seconds or less mm -hmm. and then make it memorable? Mm -hmm. so, so name recognition, how to get a hold of you, um, and do it so that you're brainstaining them even though they weren't looking for you. That warms up the brain a little bit, the marketing brain of every consumer to go, I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I've seen it before, but I've seen it before. And because I've seen it before, I know it. And because I know it, I trust it. And because I trust it, I'll buy it. So that it's, makes a lot of it's kind of a strategy leading them to mm -hmm. the conversion ultimately. But it may not be the conversion. Again, because mm -hmm. your audience is passive, and it's, it's viewing, it's relaxed, it's out there consuming, mm -hmm. but not necessarily shopping. Mm -hmm. So if a person is out of the social media, look, I'm just going to saturate social media, digital marketing um, by putting out lots of content. Now I'm actually going after fish mm -hmm. and I'm going to put the right bait on with the right tackle and I'm going to catch that fish. Mm -hmm. That's where you get a strategy for PPC, pay-per-click, okay. where you're literally going in and going, look, I know that on a given day, um, I can, I can, tar and you're, you're more like zeroed into a region, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you might travel worldwide to do photography, mm -hmm. but let's say you wanted to stay within a certain range of zip code. Mm -hmm. The beauty is you can do that even through Google mm -hmm. and through some of the other search engine marketing. But when people are out there using what we now know is the only yellow pages or white pages available, which is Google, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, my experience and probably a lot of other marketing research would tell you people are shopping. Like mm -hmm. if I'm keywording, need a videographer for my wedding, right? Mm -hmm. What's what's in their mind? I'll just play this little exercise with you. What are they thinking right now? That they are looking for that specific thing. That they're... I'm looking for a videographer. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not watching a YouTube video. I'm not watching The Bachelor. I'm not kicking back and chilling and eating Ben and Jerry's and mm -hmm. what have you while I'm entertained. Mm -hmm. I'm shopping for my videographer for my wedding. Okay, mm -hmm. now... Depending on what your budget is, you get into the top three or four of the listing of the paid search advertisement returns mm -hmm. for that geo-targeted search. Mm -hmm. Now your Facebook awareness branding videos that you mm -hmm. paid with cheap advertising dollars, mm -hmm. now your YouTube advertising, which is fairly cheap as well mm -hmm. and could be relevant to warm up your prospect, mm -hmm. they've seen you. They've seen you again. Mm -hmm. They've seen you again and again and again. Now they go out and they're actually shopping and they 
pull up five different returns and guess who's in that top three to four lineup? The one mm. they recognize. The yeah. one that they recognize from other branding. Yeah. So your whole brand and persona now is that you're everywhere, mm-hmm. so you must be good, mm-hmm. right? Because I saw you there, and then I saw you there, and then a friend of mine was talking to you about, you know, on Facebook, so mm-hmm. you must be good. And then there's three of them they don't even recognize. Yeah. Or they're national. They're not even from West Michigan, say. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they're going to click on you. Yeah. Now it's important to have your landing page be correct, mm-hmm. make it clear, make sure that they're not lost in like, you know, everything else that you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went looking for a videographer for a wedding. So that's when having somebody write good copy and having a very clear landing page and mm-hmm. or website. And that, have your best foot forward. Totally. Right there. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't screw them up now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like get them in, get them contacted you. If, if you can't explain it all on a self-serve, then literally I would just go like, I know it's complicated and I know you must have concerns. Call me now. Yeah. Text me now. Like don't leave room for doubt. Help them mm-hmm. to understand how personable you are mm-hmm. and how able to be reached you are and that well, you're going to be with them the whole way. One of the strategies I've implemented for landing page optimization and such is I have a video where it's me basically what I call a video business card, mm-hmm. and it's me talking about the the who, what, why, where, all, all of that, and then the call to action while showcasing some of the, the shots I've done on other weddings, and I talk about how I work with a couple, and all that information is presented in a video, and then in a paraphrased in text basically and then as well as a common questions like things people always ask me I was just like this your question here's an answer this your question um and then uh, uh reviews and such like that is there anything i'm missing from that where are they landing on that from so it's linked to facebook so they get a they see the ad they click on it and they go to that landing page so that would be the thing that I would encourage you to re-examine is where in the funnel is this popping in? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not wrong. It just might be maybe not in the best place. Mm-hmm. So if you believe and you're getting results and people are like, yeah, it was because of that that virtual business card is why I'm talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably working, especially mm-hmm. if it's serial and it's repeating, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're still not completely happy with the results and you're like, yeah, they're clicking on my business card, but like kind of poor results, mm-hmm. it could be because th- that's more FAQ. Like that's kind of like the about us page. In my opinion, that's mm-hmm. more like about the about us page. And, and so kind of getting some more information, like being able to figure out, you know, when you clicked and you saw, where were you in that buying process? See, now we're, mm-hmm. we're diving more into the deeper bowels of marketing mm-hmm. psyche now, right? The, mm-hmm. the psyche of the buyer. And it gets crazy, which is mm-hmm. cool. It's fun. Yeah. But it's way crazier than like digital content, media mm-hmm. penetration, branding, right? Now right. we're getting into psychoanalysis, marketing analysis, buying analysis, mm-hmm. um, what caused them to click. And that's that's where like my team literally puts up different softwares to watch the actions. We actually mm-hmm. have that, that opt-in software that watches the person as they're scanning over a landing page, mm-hmm. seeing if they're getting confused, um, mm-hmm. seeing if things are confusing them and they're clicking on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually um, hired mystery shoppers before to go mm-hmm. through our process from 
from landing page through to conversion mm-hmm. and where they actually audio record themselves going, yeah, so I'm looking at this, but I'm lost. Like, I don't really see where mm-hmm. your phone number's at. And oh, okay, so this was helpful. You put a video of your last shot mm-hmm. that you did for a wedding. That was really helpful. That made me feel like I was confident that your quality, that you, you're mm-hmm. in touch with the bride and groom, mm-hmm. fantastic. But how do I buy it now? Like I'm, I'm stuck in your video and after it stops playing, I'm kind of out there on YouTube somewhere. I'm on mm-hmm. a video player and yet I don't see a like return to home or contact me now or mm-hmm. schedule your appointment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so actually putting a little bit of money in there, which is not as expensive as one might think, mm-hmm. you can crowdsource to have people go through your funnel or your algorithm of, of buying process and see where are my leads getting locked up like Mm -hmm. where are they getting stuck and lost and Mm -hmm. that gets into more like ux of the sales funnel Mm -hmm. like what is the interface like but again you can easily outsource that there's Mm -hmm. lots of talent out there it's not absolute rocket science but it it does take time to do that Mm -hmm. but that's kind of the breadcrumb trail from oh i like what i see and i want to engage in that somehow but i'm not ready to buy yet and then there's the trail right so that's what I always encourage people to do is if, they're, if they've got a sales process, mm-hmm. they need to have some people maybe help them if they're not already experts in that area, mm-hmm. help them through engineering their process to get mm-hmm. them from, I found you and now I'm going to buy from you. Mm-hmm. And that can be a little more complicated. But when it comes to purely getting your brand out, your name, your, your, your wares, um, that's where we circle back around to, to saying, what are you giving your mm-hmm. audience for free? Mm-hmm. So the that, jab, jab, right hook. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to use Gary V, I mean, he has virtually defined what every natural human should know. I, if you're only telling me something because there's something in it for you, mm-hmm. none of us are stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. you could have guised that somehow, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're putting this podcast out, and, and you're literally out here helping people build their mm-hmm. marketing um, strategies, mm-hmm. and no hooks included, mm-hmm. you'll become a brand that they trust, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, and so now it's really more fun, mm-hmm. because now the creator of that content can circle back and go, what am I really good at? And for Harley, he's like, I'm really artistic. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really, I, I can see things when I'm you know, shooting video. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he can speak to that, but who's his target market? Mm-hmm. Probably not the buyer of our marketing services. Mm-hmm. Probably a videographer or a photographer mm-hmm. or somebody who's doing vlogging and wants to have the edge on how to get a more professional look. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's very important that whoever that audience is that's consuming your content, we're building content that scratches their itch. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion is that we're just not producing enough content for free mm-hmm. that scratches the itch. And and I understand why, because not a lot of business people are in a position that they can afford to do that. Mm-hmm. We're not sitting on having um, you know, grants mm-hmm. and funding from the FedGov or you know, from somebody else yeah. who's like, hey, you've got a year to build a thousand pieces of content. Here's your pay. You don't have to make mm-hmm. any money on it. And I think that's, you know, we've talked about that, Harley. Mm-hmm. That's where the friction line starts. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I know. I'm supposed to produce this for free. Like, no hooks attached. 
and how am I going to make my mortgage payment? <laughs> yeah. Like, where am I going to buy my groceries? And so it can become very tricky. And that's when I think if you can partner alongside somebody who helps grease the skids mm-hmm. of getting that video production going for you, mm-hmm. um, what I tell people is if we, can, if we can teach you how to do this so that's sustainable, scalable, and it, it actually does what you want it to do, look at it as f- like flossing your teeth. It's mm-hmm. cathartic. Because who is an expert that doesn't like to talk about what they're really good at? Yeah. Everyone loves to talk about their area of expertise or about their yeah. s- about themselves. And almost <laughs> everybody loves helping somebody. Yeah. No strings attached. Yeah. It's just that not everybody can afford to do that all the time. And people, I think a lot of it is just being self-conscious and people are um, afraid to put themselves out there and, and be much. all over online. and. I know um, I can think of a few people off the top of my head that are very informed. They know what they want to do. They just don't want to go in front of camera. Like, I have all this stuff. I'd love to share it. I'd love to help people, but I don't want to be in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. What's your advice for people like that? Don't be. Okay. I mean, if they're, it, you know, the old joke is, yeah, you know, I got into show business because I've always been told I had a face for radio. <laughs> Sometimes that's true. Yeah. Like, if for whatever reason I felt like I was sabotaging my brand by getting in front of a camera, mm-hmm. then I probably should get in front of a mic. Mm-hmm. Or Seth Godin, what's his primary medium? I don't. I'm not familiar with Seth, it. So Seth Godin is more my age group, but he's a marketing guru, and he mm-hmm. put out books like Purple Cow and um, many, many others. Say so there's like like 19 books that mm-hmm. have all been bestsellers. But he, he gives insight in regards to marketing and branding and sales. And um, his number one, other than when he gives key note talks and things, mm-hmm. is writing. Yeah. And if you subscribe to his email that comes, number one, it's ferociously a huge amount of content. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've almost unsubscribed sometimes because there's just so much. Mm-hmm. But that's because he's such a prolific writer, right? Mm-hmm. But because the gems are so good and so encouraging, I mm-hmm. leave it, mm-hmm. which is good on him, right? He's mm-hmm. doing the right thing. Um, but he obviously doesn't like to do vlogs. And for whatever reason, he didn't want to get in front of a microphone most of the time, even though he does do talks mm-hmm. and is recorded. So he writes. So what I try to help people understand is we've got lots of mediums for producing. Mm-hmm. And there's markets who like to read more than watch. There's markets who like to watch more than read and hear. And then there's people who like to hear and they don't really care about watching. Mm-hmm. So if I was, if, if you know your target market is readers, like maybe a lawyer or a doctor, and mm-hmm. they know that a lot of people read in that industry, and that's not fair, I'm kind of keyholing that market, which is not fair. I would say, hey, look, and you don't feel comfortable and you don't want to videotape, start writing. Right? Mm-hmm. Start writing and write a lot. But mm-hmm. make sure it's pertinent conf- um, information that people want to consume. Mm-hmm. If you think that your people are audio, you can actually record a video. It's easy to upload to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And half the time, people are using that as the new form of MP3 anyway. Yeah. I mean, this, this is how I distribute this podcast. I film sure. it and I put it on. I put the full version on YouTube and then I put right. the audio version on Google Podcasts, Apple sure. Podcasts, Spotify. And then I also segment all the little gold nuggets as yeah. just short videos that I put on Facebook. Right. So that's kind of how I make a lot of content out of a single piece. Bingo. Yeah. No, that's very smart. Yeah. I, I encourage that 100%. Um, 
So there's my knee jerk. I only had five seconds to 10 seconds to tell you when you're telling me I don't want to videotape and yet mm. you know you want to do content. Mm. I don't even fight. I just say, then don't. Mm-hmm. Then write it. Yeah. And if you don't want to write it, then record it and put it on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now here's my, lo- my not longer, but it's my deeper dive. Mm-hmm. I bet you you're better at it than you think. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts bad. Yeah. There's rarely a person who can start recording and not feel self-conscious mm-hmm. or shoot, man, I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos out. I still am self-conscious about my mm-hmm. videos. I was self-conscious about my irritated eyes today when I met you, Yeah, right? Um, I'm very self-aware. And so people that are self-aware, especially those who um, image is a big thing, I think, in their mm-hmm. line of work. That's a very, very common self-sabotaging thing. Is, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to put out work that's good enough, and so I just won't. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not start than to start badly mm-hmm. and give a bad impression. Um, and so that's why I say there's help out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't do it alone. But it's easier than you think, too. And partner with talented people like Harley over here. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I mean, and Harley's helped people with free advice and, and giving a hand. Mm-hmm. It's not always expensive. And I think that's the thing that Bigfoot Marketing is trying to show people is, yeah, could we put you know stuff together for tens of thousands of dollars? Yeah, we could. And we have. Mm-hmm. But do we have to? No, absolutely not. You'd be surprised how small a budget you can have um, mm-hmm. and still get good, good work done. Um, in fact, we're in the process right now of building some self-help things to help people learn a little bit of a tutorial on how to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Is it going to look, you know, like top-notch professional if they don't have the right equipment or the right know-how? Mm-hmm. Probably not, but I bet they can do something good enough and and make up for it in the value of the content. Mm-hmm. So we're just about out of time. I want to ask one more question before we wrap this up. Uh, so you guys are new to the market. You just started maybe, what, a few months ago? No, about it? a year ago. About but, a year yeah, ago. Yeah, but we kind of delayed our launch. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways you are getting the word out? How are you marketing yourself? You want to touch your piece first and then I'll... Well, kind of just like I spoke uh, about it earlier, uh, reaching out to the audience that I've already built just by having my current Facebook, right? I've built up mm-hmm. followers, just they're, they're really good friends, they're family, uh, reaching out to them, reaching out to just all of them at once, right? Just mm-hmm. making nice posts, um, creating content that they're interested in and going to those Facebook pages. That's so far what we've done. And we've created a few different pieces of content that we have done Facebook advertising for. Um, and we're working on the Google right now. Um, but that's, that's what I've done so far. Yeah, and Bigfoot is a bit of an anomaly. It's a project that I'm starting in the second half of my life, mm-hmm. and um, and I still have four other businesses. Mm-hmm. And so Harley's been good in that he's been patient and is also successful in his work, mm-hmm. where Bigfoot is kind of a fun project for us. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. unlike when I started pro trainings and pro CPR back in 2002, where I had to feed my kids and provide for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is a little bit different in that we can strategically open and shut the valve of activity. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that that Harley and I have both agreed to do is um, be very purposeful and strategic about Mm -hmm. when we open that valve, let's be ready so that we can handle the amount of activity that comes in. Mm -hmm. Let's not overcommit and under deliver. 
And so we literally, for the first time in my life, we're holding reins. Like the the practices that we encourage people to do, we literally go, and we're going to hold on that channel. We're going to hold on that channel. We're going to limit this Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. be very careful and strategic about how we release it. Mm -hmm. And and more because of my limitations with so many things that I'm involved in. On the positive side, that allows us to be extremely purposeful when we do talk to a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and so w- we have to vet who it is we talk with. Mm-hmm. That's why we're really mm-hmm. eager for this next phase where we're going to put together a series of videos mm-hmm. on how to help that we can then put into the channel that mm-hmm. people can dip into when it's best for them, not best for us. And, mm-hmm. that's, and that's the goal because we're this is a passion project yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, we each have our own separate businesses that are very successful, and we want to help others have that same success. So that is what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once people see that and we build that as our brand, um, then then we've helped people and we've succeeded because that's the goal. But all of the same practices we just talked about are being implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. It's just that we are not in a position where we have to. Um, probably take the the lid off Pandora's box quite as fast as some other businesses have mm-hmm. to. But but we uh, there's a little catchphrase I usually say, and that's um, most businesses can be barbers with bad haircuts. Mm-hmm. And what that means is it's like the doctor who smokes or is overweight. Mm-hmm. It's like the, uh, the beautician or the barber who doesn't have a good haircut, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we can't practice what we preach ourselves. And yeah. so our mantra is not to do that. If we're going to teach that to a client, we better be doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so this has been a lot of fun mm-hmm. self-examining our own practices and saying, hey, if we're going to teach that that's best practice, we had better either implement it ourselves or be implementing it ourselves. So that's been a lot of fun too. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and talking about this. This was very insightful, and I think a lot of people will get some extreme value out of this conversation. Uh, Again, this is Fluid Podcast. This is Harley and Roy, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.